What's up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another edition of Ask PJ Braun here at Blackstone Labs headquarters. If you saw the post on Instagram, you knew that we were going to have strongman Rob, but we also mentioned that there might be another special secret guest. So we'll hand it over to PJ for him to thoroughly introduce everybody. Yes, a mystery guest, and I didn't want to say who it was right off the bat because well for starters if he wasn't able to get on then it would have made me look bad <laughs> um but i also felt like it would have gave away a little bit of what was going on had i said that i had uh derek poundstone here uh in the studio with rob kearney who uh, rob kearney's instagram is world's strongest gay so you guys can go out there and, and start following him and the reason that they're here now is because i actually signed Rob to Blackstone Labs, who's our first ever strongman. Uh, we're going to talk all about strongman and, and what these guys do, but it's a really cool story about how uh, this all happened. And it, it actually happened from Derek reaching out to me. And I've actually known Derek since we were teenagers. And um, I will uh, I'll tell the story in a minute of um, how I, I first met Derek and like where our, our lives have, uh, have come from then till now. But um, Derek, welcome. I, I wanted you to tell everybody about how you reached out to me about Rob. Well, you know, the, uh, the irony is, um, you know, yeah, Rob's your first, uh, strongman athlete because you turned me down. Right? <laughs> 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 true, true story, but you know, um, that's sort of true. I guess. Yeah, that's no, so, you know, what, what, what are the odds? What, what <laughs> is, um, you know, we, we uh, we, we go we go way back and uh, I was driving up to um, to do some uh, truck pull training with with Rob up in uh, Massachusetts and um, you know we had talked about a supplement deal and you know one of the things that I you know I've known Rob for for uh, over a decade and you know since he since he's come out and since he's he's changed his name the world's strongest gay I, I, I've you know on Instagram his handle I've seen you know some of the negative stuff he, he you know he gets some of the negative you know comments and stuff just from people that are just you know ignorant and you know whatever trolls but you know we talked about him getting a good supplement sponsor and you know over the you know the months of training you know i knew that you know getting a good fit was important and the the, the problem that a guy like rob has is fear some people are just going to be scared of you know what of what people are going to say or whatnot, and, and mainstream companies, you know, that are that, are, that 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 don't do podcasts that talk about anal sex, for instance, are, you know, they're they're going to be, you know, there's going to be some sort of fear, and, and and ironically, you know, and this is a conversation we had, is you know they're they're losing out on something, you know, that that is that is huge. That Rob is is of all the athletes that that I you know I, I've worked with and met, you know, Rob's Rob's different, you know, not. Not because he's gay, but because he's he's like a really nice guy, and he's he's a freak. You know, you see him walking down the street, you're like, yeah, he's a, you know, a bigger guy. But you don't realize like he's insanely strong. And I thought I think that it's like this this cool sort of mix of, you know, guy that you could have on a podcast. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty strong. And then you you Google him or watch some of his videos or follow him, you're like, holy Christ, this guy is like off the chart strong. You know, and so you know, I reached out, and that's that's kind of how. This started, and you know, we, we you know, I, I sent you the information, and you did a little research, and you know, that was probably about two and a half months ago, and here we are. Yeah, and when I when I called, um, I I said I was like, you know, I, I will absolutely reach out to him, you know, because you put your name behind him, and and when I called him, uh, we had a great conversation, and I was like, you know what, I really like this guy a lot, and I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you on to the company, so 
Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And so I wanted to save it until this moment because he actually told me, well, he told me a couple things uh, that, that he was going to do. He told me that he was going to break the log press record, or Derek actually told me that he was going to do that, that too. And I went and I looked online, and sure enough, he broke the log press r- record. So that was cool. I was like, oh, cool. I got the guy that that's, uh, just broke that, that record. So what was the American record before you broke it? Uh, so the previous record was 465 pounds, and that was held by Rob Oberst. Um, oh, we just talked about him on the last show. Yeah. yeah so, that's so, who trained the girl that was here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so so Rob's a good friend of mine. He's actually held the American Log Press record since 2012. Wow. Um, and you know, just to you know, talk about what Derek mentioned a little bit. You know, like I'm I'm arguably the smallest competitor right now at mm-hmm. this level. You know, I'm like five ten, mid two eighties right now. Uh, Rob is you know six six, pushing four twenty. <laughs> um, so he had the record at four sixty five, and back in April I broke the American record. Um, I hit four seventy one. So I even screwed up because I was like, he can do 461 pounds. So I actually shortchanged him 10 pounds <laughs> on the log press. That's insane. dude. And that's picking it up from the ground and putting it over your head, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making sure I'm thinking of the right well, not, item for not 400. Not to correct him, but, you know, he's capable of more. I mean, you know, this, he, he tried 483 or 484 and just missed it because he only had a 60-second window. And that's the cool part. Like, this is a guy, and I get chills to I know, you know, I've been doing this a long time, you know, I mean, I've been lifting heavy and I know strength and I'm sorry, I just, I'm like, give me the mic. (laughs) But but here's the deal, you know, if you like strength, you know, you have to like, you have to understand like where strength comes from, you know, and some people like me, it comes from a deep, dark place, right? It comes from, it comes from work, you know, Mm -hmm. and. And Rob works, but one of the things about, you know, there's just something indifferent, like, you know, I, my best log press ever at 340, 350 pounds, my best log press ever was 440, you know, that, that, which is a good log press. We're talking a guy who hits, you know, close to 500. It's, it, that's just crazy. You know, I mean, you're talking, you know, over 200 pounds over his body weight, you know, so, you know. That in competition is, is is tough because you 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 know you're usually traveling overseas like he did and and whatnot and you're and by the time you get to that that high number you're, you're doing so much work and warm up and in, the, in his case it was you know you incremental jumps all the way up and, and guys fall off you know so my belief is you know that that Rob is you know a 500 pound log presser you know the the, the problem is we can't tra- this is the tricky part about about an, an athlete is you can't train them for that because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, strawman is not a log press. It's not a deadlift. It's not a, it's everything, you know, so you can't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, and, and Zadruna Savickas did a great job of, of, you know, breaking his own record like 15 times or however many times he did that. So, you know, but I'd be willing to bet that, you know, at some point in, in, you know, your listener's life, they'll hear about Rob breaking, you know, the 500 pound barrier. It's just a matter of the right circumstance. It's like a 63 or 64 yard field goal. There's guys that can do it, mm-hmm. but the only time you're going for that is at the end of the first half or second half of a game with less than 15 seconds, you know, because it's a returnable kick. You know what I'm saying? And that record has stood for so many years, that field goal. Because because there's only, there's guys that can hit it, yep. but there's, o- there's only so much opportunity to get it done. Because yeah, it, circumstantial. It, it's time. End of a quarter. It's a reckless move, but you're talking about kicking it from from beyond the 50 yard line, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're possibly turning the ball, but it's also returnable. So, and that's the same thing with 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 the log presses. Hitting a 500 pound log press, you know, it's is it's not necessary for the sport. So it's it's and that's where it's cool is is 
you know what, and well, it kind of sucks too, is we can't train them for that. When I was training, you know, the thousand pound deadlift was, was key. It just had no purpose. You know, it was better to pull 800 pounds for nine or 10 reps. That had purpose, you know, but a thousand pounds hasn't, it's cool. It's nowadays, just to say it. nowadays it'll be cool because it'll create a bunch of buzz on social media. But, you know, back then, you know, 10 years ago, I had really no point. What's the highest deadlift now? Oh my God. I'll let, I'll let Rob answer. Uh, yeah. So too. Eddie Hall has the world record right now at, um, it's 500 kilos. So 1102 pounds. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. From the ground. From the ground yeah. Wow. Just hmm. to, Crazy. How many guys are doing over a thousand? I'd say upwards of like ten guys right now wow. at the top of the level. I mean, it's um, so that's actually it's funny. That's actually my next my next contest in you know three weeks is actually the World Deadlift Championships, um, at Wembley in in London. And um, <laughs> I just found the jumps out. Derek doesn't even know this yet. Um, so the opening weight, the first weight on the bar is eight hundred eighty pounds. That's the lowest the bar is going to be going. <laughs> um, so, so do you think a lot of guys are going to try and go and just not even make it past that? Um, I mean, pretty much to be invited to this contest, they, they know that you have to yeah, be you able better to pull be good. Out these Okay, okay. Um, but so it goes 880, then the next jump is 925. Um, then the next jump after that is 440 kilos, which is, I mean, I believe it's like 976 or something like that. Um, and then from there, they're going to 1,000 pounds. Then from a thousand pounds, are going to four hundred and sixty-seven point five kilos, which is going to be the second highest deadlift in history. Um, so yeah, it's it's just stupid where the sports. That's going. in how many weeks? Three. So right <laughs> after right after he competes, competed in the world's strongest man, he's going to do all this stuff again in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have so many questions based just on that, but I want to yeah. backtrack for one second. <laughs> this is going to be because I, I I guess I didn't realize how often you guys do all this, this shit. It's nuts. Um, so. I want to talk about how you both started and then how you came together. Because I know a little bit about, about Derek's. So I wanted to tell this story. So I started out as a powerlifter, which is, I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, which is a, a period of my life that I regret. And <laughs> it was fun for the couple years that I did it. And I suffered numerous injuries that I suppose were either bad luck or that maybe my body was just, I guess, brittle. And that I should have just stuck to the bodybuilding that I wanted to do. Now, part of it, I think, was also because I wanted to be leaner while I was doing it. But um, my last competition, I tore my bicep when I was 19 years old. And then that was when I was like, all right, I'm sticking to bodybuilding now. So about a year, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was, I don't think of the exact year, you'll know, was uh, a powerlifting competition in the gym that I trained at. And... They were like, oh, there's this there's this kid here that's your age, but he's like gigantic. And um, you know, he's he's gonna compete in the open, but I believe he was a teenager. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go find this kid and talk to him. And all of a sudden I see <laughs> Derek. And he's like 260 pounds with abs, and he's like warming up. Bastard. <laughs> he's like warming up with like weight that like most people aren't even gonna like attempt. So I go over to him and I, and I start talking to him and um, he was like, oh, I'm kind of just doing this for fun. I'm, I'm thinking about getting into strongman, which is pretty hilarious because he obviously did get into strongman. And that day, I think that he benched like 430, 450. Yeah, I think it was four, yeah, 425, 430-ish. Yeah, was that your first powerlifting meet? 
Uh, yeah, that was 2001. And how old were you? Uh, 19. I yeah, was so almost he, 20. Yeah. yeah, so if you were 19, then I was, I think, 20. I'm a year older than you, I think. How old are you? 81, I was born. So. Oh, so me, I'm 81, too. So we're the same age, yeah. So, But I was, like, pr- I was like pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and I so the year before that, I had the AAU American record. And I did a 550 deadlift for my weight class. I did a 550 deadlift, a 330 bench, and a 550 squat raw. And that was at uh, 198, but I was like 195, right? And so I was like, I'm pretty good, you know? And I was just doing this for fun because I was in a powerlifting gym. And then he shows up and I'm like, fuck, I'm sticking to bodybuilding after this. (laughs) But what was crazy was that he was super lean. And so I remember just being like, well, I'm not gonna ever have to compete against him if he goes into this this, uh, strongman stuff. But I was like blown away that there were other kids out there uh, a similar story was the first time I saw Evan Centipani, who went on to be one of the best bodybuilders in the world. Same thing. He was a year younger than me. They're like, oh, there's this other kid that's bodybuilding now, too. You should go meet him. And I met him, and I was like, we always like joke about when we met each other that he was like, oh, you're that big kid. Oh, you're that big kid type thing. And then we wound up becoming good <laughs> friends. So obviously, Derek went on into Strongman and, and became one of the best of all time. Like, What what accolades did you have as far as the things you've accomplished? And in, in, I, I watched you win the Arnold one year. Well, besides beating you in powerlifting. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, you know, like, I, I did. I think I still hold a few powerlifting records, state records, you know, from that competition. That's kind of cool. Look, kind of look like you would. Yeah. <laughs> he just like came in. and Oh, and, and the funniest thing was, so when he was warming up and everything, all the haters, they were like, drug test that guy, drug test that guy, drug test that guy. And then he he did get drug tested and passed the drug test, and all the other guys were so mad <laughs> after that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got drug tested, like, right after my um, – I think I pulled 675 there. That mm-hmm. was my deadlift. And at that time, I think I was a seven low 700-pound deadlifter. I was – you know, and here's, here's a crazy story. So, you know – my whole backstory is like I watched World Strongest Man on TV, and I was like, I remember, you know, the first time I walk into the gym, I met this guy, um, you know, Dave. I'm not sure he competed at that competition. Dave Petro Roy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a little, you know, an older guy, yep. not very big, but he was a grinder. One of those guys that you see kind of like um, the powerlifter man, I forget her last name. Um, you see her on Instagram, just, just nine-tenths all the time. And some people can do that. I, I can't. I can grind like reps, but not not near max, you know, 90 plus percent all the time. So, you know, he powerlifted. I was like, this is crazy, you know, and, and I want to do strongman, but I'm like, how do you, this is like, this is like early internet era. Like you don't really Google stuff, you know, there's no Google. There was like Yahoo, you know, whatever, you know. Ask Jeeves and shit. No, it was before that. It was like, <laughs> like, it was like Yahoo. That was like oh, a search man. engine. That's... It was like, it was, it was archaic, you know. <laughs> I'd like Google every month. I'd Google strongman competitions. Like, I'm not kidding. I'll do some powerlifting. And, and I was pretty good. Um, and then I went, so then I, I, I get this, this flyer for a powerlifting competition out in Pennsylvania, you know, like that's like powerlifting Mecca, like Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, for like the amateur level mm-hmm. on the back of the flyer to save money was an advertisement for the strong, strongman competition there. And that's how I got mm-hmm. into strongman. And I started competing in strongman and, and doing well. And, um, you know, from that point on, I won, you know, I, I, I had a, a, a you know, a, a weird trajectory, you know, almost, almost, it was almost too good. I won every powerlifting meet. I won every strongman competition, went on to nationals on my third competition, strongman or yeah, third. Uh, and I took second place and then, you know, not like you're talking hundred guys, you know, it's in the open, you know, it was cause there was like 10 weight classes at that time, but we're talking open and I was a 300 pound weight class, you know, 
Um, it was two, at that that time, I was 250 and under, 300 under, and then super heavyweights, you know? Oh, crazy. And, you know, I'm like this guy. I'd never touch an Atlas stone, you know? I would drive to Middletown, New York to uh, to train with a plaster pair of stone and a tire. That was it. <laughs> and, um, you know, from there on, you know, I, I, I you know, the, the rest is history. You know, I just started winning competition, but I actually retired. A lot of people don't know that. I, you know, I, I got hired as a cop in 2004. And I was like, you know, this is all fun, but like, you know, like you with powerlifting, it's like, what's the point? You know, like what, what's the end game? You know, I got to be kind of smart in my early twenties. And after a short period of time away, I was like, I really, I like, I like this feeling of, I like going to the gym and achieving something that's tangible, you know, like I lifted this weight and some people say what's intangible, but for me, it's, it's, it's just something, you know, you either got it or you don't, you know, and you either, you know, it's like, it's either in your veins or not like bodybuilding, you know, I, I, I've always been intrigued by it, but I just don't have that desire to, you know, to do, to go, to go that route, you know, but if you want to tell me to, you know, deadlift a thousand pounds, I'll, I can train for that. That's easy, you know, but like the dieting and the, like, I just, I just don't have that desire. It's just not so, your grind. Yeah. Like I like to go in and perform yeah. sweaty. Bloody. You like the grind of the power, oh my God. not you, the grind uh, of uh, the uh, funny side story though, is one year Dave Palumbo did this pros versus pros <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> Grinding. And oh they brought, uh, Derek Poundstone in to be the the pro that was going to deadlift and Ben White who was this oh, very very outspoken and often abrasive bodybuilder uh, that would he's still around by the way he, he's competing again he's really competed. yeah he looks oh, I haven't great seen him in years he looks great he I actually great. like Ben White he was very like misunderstood I I think <laughs> but he offended a lot of people yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. brash uh, yes brash is a good word for him so sometimes abrasive misunderstood. This, well, they had this, this, they, they had this deadlift showdown, and so they kept going up in, in weight. And I think – so Ben White talked a lot of shit that he was going to de- deadlift more than anybody. And I don't remember what he deadlifted. Somewhere in the, like, mid-sevens, if I recall. And but So Derek walked over and did it, like, two or three times after he had maxed out. Oh, maybe it was close to 800, yes. That's yeah. Right. yeah, I did so, triple. So, like, yeah. after all the tri- like he after all the shit that he talked, he walked over and, like, tripled it. <laughs> and so everybody was like, holy shit. But the best part is, after that, uh, Ben White was getting cocky and he was flexing. And Derek took his shirt off and they had a pose down. And everybody agreed that Derek actually beat him in the poses, <laughs> too, which was the most craziest thing about it. And then... It was like buzzing around on the internet was if Derek was going to get into um, bodybuilding or not, which was pretty funny. <laughs> well, we have a similar sort of, you know, uh, body, like muscle structure. And I was always one of those guys that I just put on, I, not that I put on muscle, that's not, no, I've always been like a muscular, I've always been a big kid, you know, since since way back when. Even now, I'm, I don't really, I train two days a week. And and one of the main reasons I train is just so I can give Rob shit, like when he complains about my workouts. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, like... You know, I, I do this crazy sort of, you know, because, you know, Rob's got the insane strength. And when he, you know, he's asked me a couple of times to help him train. I'm like, ah, you know, it's not my thing. Like, I'm not, I, I, I'll go to work and work overtime. I'm not going to program people's training. And then, but he's a good friend. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I probably should have been kind of a dick, you know, like, so then I'm like, well, I can help you with this. I can help you. I can help you with, you know, this was called pain tolerance training, but I can help you increase work capacity that can help you with with you know enduring that place where you want to kind of shit and puke and then you know still moving on you know 
And, uh, you know, sure, shit, he, he, that's like the result now, I think, is, you know, him putting forth the effort and something that he believes in. Because it's hard to do that stuff if you don't know that, like, you're going to put in all this effort and you don't know that it's going to actually help your strength career. It's hard. But I know for a fact because I did it. Yeah. And, and, and I trained a bunch of amateur athletes that became really freaking good. You know, and, and they do the same stuff. You know, Christina LaFex took third place in World Strongest Woman. Remember her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, you know, and, you know, I would tell her, you know, she'd do it, flip a tire, and I wouldn't tell her how many she's, she'd do 10 reps, and, you know, she thinks she's going to do three, and it was one and one after another, and just that mental toughness of not knowing when you're done. It's like treading water in the ocean. You just never know when you're done. So you just got to kind of push it and give 110% thinking that, you know, every, it's only right now, you know, it's, it's a weird sort of mentality. And that's why I like the sport of strong. And that's why, you know, instead of talking about my accolades, I, I like to talk about, you know, what got me there because, you know, I've achieved a lot and, you know, it, it's not like, it's just, it's fun. Like, you know, and all those videos and stuff like that's, I, I love that. I mm-hmm. love, you know, that, you know, there, there's sports out there that, that give people an outlet. And I'm not like most people like, Oh, I'd kill people. But no, I'm just an insecure little guy, you know, deep down inside. Quite little. Quite little. <laughs> quite little. <laughs> no, but, no, but, you know, I'm seriously, like, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I was always insecure. And, and, and Strawman gave me an outlet, you know. It gave me an outlet to make me feel like I was a part of, you know. And then walking and then retiring from the sport was really tough. I mean, I, I struggled, a, 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 you know, a what lot. What year was that? 2013. Yeah. And a lot of it was because that's why I, I wear Mike Jenkins shirt. A lot of it was fear, fear of death. That was know? sad. Very, you know, 350-pound guys, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't really want to train, Rob, because the type of training I know that that I do is not good on your heart. You know, we're talking extended sets that, you know, heart rate just through the roof, you know. and But I'm like, you know, if I learned anything, it's better to tell him the right way to do it, you know, the right way to push your Absolutely. body. You know, because a lot of stuff, I mean, you know, and we're talking about the training side, not the other side. A lot, there, there, you could damage your body very, very easily, especially in a sport of strongman. You know? Absolutely, the heart is 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 a muscle, and it wants to grow regardless of what you're pumping through your body. And there's a way to train it, you know. And I learned, you know. And um, I, I walked away from the sport because I was so heavy, my health was suffering. I wanted to have kids, and I said, I'll just walk away. And I was going to do the same thing that Terry Hollins has done, and a lot of guys. Here I am, you know, thinking about coming back in, in 2014. Then Mike passes, and I'm like, why, you know? And then I had a really tough, like, you know, love-hate relationship with the sport. I couldn't watch it. It gave me so many opportunities and so much in life, but it took so much away, too, mentally. Like, when I walked away, I was I was crushed, you know, because I didn't have that outlet. So, you know, for me – sorry, I'm, like, really far away from the mic. So, for me – you know, coming back in, you know, and I got I got myself squared away, meaning that that it wasn't now making me whole. I was whole without it. You know, I was able to to understand who I was as a person because my entire adult life was around competing. You know, and when I when I started working with Rob, you know, I I, I was at a point where I I felt like okay, you know, I I think I can I can help. And in the last, it's been almost a year, you know. I've evolved as, as a person where like, wait a second, you know, I have value, you know, and more importantly, you know, I can help guide somebody and all this stuff that I've learned goes away if I don't give it away. You Absolutely. Know? So that's like paying the f- it forward, as they say, and it, you know, for me, it's not even paying it, 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 paying it forward makes it seem like it's like I'm giving something to somebody. Mm-hmm. This is not, it's my obligation because mm-hmm. you can't document the stuff in textbooks. You know, it's, it's all experiential, you know, you can't go to a carpenter and you could teach them how to build a house, but to really teach them, you got to, it's all on the job training. 
And this stuff was passed along to me, you know, by other guys, Ben Lambosis, you know, and, and guys, uh, Gerard Benderoff, who unfortunately took his life uh, uh, in 2017. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, and guys like Mike Jenkins, who was just a, f- a freak. That was his old coach, which is like kind of young. Yeah. But just a gifted freak. And my gift wasn't physical. You know, my gift was mental. That was a part, you know, that, that, that broke me down, but also gave me everything I had. And that's something I, I told Rob recently. You know, his gift isn't the physical attributes, you know. His gift is, is the mental part. He's everything that I am not. You know, he's confident. He's, you know, Strowman doesn't make him who he is. It just accentuates the person he, he is. For me, it made me who I was. And that's the difference, you know. And I, I've learned, you know, you know as I, I, I get, get older, you know, we're not getting younger, but I've learned a lot about myself in this last year. Like I'm like I, you know, I got it figured out. And then ironically, here I am at Worlds, and I'm I'm helping a, a, a buddy, and I'm like, wow, this is this is this is this is what it's about. Like this is what it's about. Like being of service. Like doing actually doing something that doesn't really give you benefit. It does though, but it's it's not like you know, it's just a being part of something. You know. So do you plan on doing this with more competitors? Now? <laughs> That's the. Yeah. I'm like a chick with this. You know, like uh, Rob's got a bunch of buddies that that you know a bunch of guys like, oh, is he gonna train? And I get I get a lot of requests, and I just I, I, more than likely yes. Hmm. But it's just, it's, I, I just, I, am I'm, I'm very, I, I'm, I, I don't want it to be a, a monetized thing, but, I, but I have to compensate myself for time. But for me, it's very important though, that if I do it, I'm doing it for the right reason. So Derek, I've known him for a long time and there's many similarities to our personalities and the intensity. So I have, you know, the, the few athletes that I work with, I work with very, very, very closely. And so because of that, there are many other athletes that I, I unfortunately turn down all the time. And I've said this numerous times as well that I have not taken a dollar since 2012. So I love what I do so much and I know that I'm a good coach and I get a lot of enjoyment out of coaching the people that I coach, but it m- most of them, it's taken them a while for me to be like, hey, I'm gonna work with you closely now, and I'm really doing it because I care so much about the person, and that's why I get so much satisfaction because I, I because I care for this person, I wanna take the knowledge that I have and help them be the best they, they can be because I know that it's gonna make them feel better and happier. And so that's the satisfaction that I get out of it, but I can't take on too many because it would take too much time, and it would be honestly ridiculous to do that you know, without taking some sort of monetary compensation for it. So sometimes I'm like, you know what, should I set aside some time and say, all right, you know what, I will start coaching some people for X amount of dollars. And I always go back to saying, you know what, I, I probably won't because I think it might change the, the current satisfaction that I get out of it. And I also think that when you do, because I coached for, for years before I retired when I started Blackstone Labs, I think that when there is a monetary aspect to it, then it is truly a job. Whereas when I'm doing it now, I'm doing it because I just passionately love it. And it's kind of like sharing that experience with somebody that you care about. It's not really my job. When you turn something into a job, you know, I want my, my people to do good no matter what. But then there's the added pressure of, well, if they don't do good, am I going to get fired? You know, there's a lot that goes into <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, as well. So when you guys um, first started together, you said you knew, knew him for 10 years, but you've only been coaching him for one year. Did I hear that the right way? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess this it, it's almost embarrassing. And I, and, I, and I mean that like not. In a, 
you know, th- there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Th- this story is not like it's not one dimensional and it's not even three dimensional because it, 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 it has in those three dimensions, it has past, present and, and possibly future because it, there, there's so many moving parts. And I know that that's a lot to wrap your mind around those words, but what I've met, you know, a lot of people in my career, you know, and, you know, I met Rob, you know, 17 years old. Well, I'll, I'll quickly tell, you know, my version of it. And I say, you know, because my perspective is, 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 and that's what I'm embarrassed about is I've known Rob, you know, for, for a long time and he's, he's always been around. And that's, and that's the part that, that I, I, I'm regretful of. He was, he's always been, you know, this, this nice young guy. And he, and he, and he came up to me and he met me after Mohegan Sun, oh, eight or nine, 2010. See, I get, and you were competing. No, I no. was competing. He, you was, were he competing. was a kid. He was a high school kid. Oh, you so, were 17, you said, right? So mm-hmm. then he reached out, and um, at the time, my, my, my you know, uh, Kristen, went, who came went on to be my ex-wife now. But, well, I used but, to coach. That's yeah. a crazy, crazy story it's, of it's, all it's, That's what I'm saying. That There's <laughs> so many people. You can do, like, it's a crazy story. Kevin Bacon's in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is that, you know, you know, Rob invited me to when we went to Springfield College to a powerlifting meet. Of course, I was late, but hung out with a bunch of guys and got to meet a bunch of guys. And anytime I had fundraisers or events, Rob was there at my gym. Rob was there, you know. And you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna compete on real strong. Okay, okay, Rob, you know, cool, you know, let's do this. And and you know, I liked him. He was always a you know a, a cool like energetic guy. And then you know, next thing you know, he's he's competing and he's he's like got like a 400 pound, 400 pound log. I'm like, what the hell? When did this happen? You know, like, you know, and then he's a lightweight pro. Holy Christ. You know, then he's setting records. You're like, Jesus. And then he's in world's strongest man. And then he's world's strongest man again. And during this whole time period, you know, my life had its own trajectory, you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm doing great. And then I, you know, I, I, you know, I retire and I'm, you know, I got the house, the kids, the, the, the gym, the car, I got, I got everything that should make a guy happy. And you know, it, it's, it, I'm, I'm no different. You know, I don't feel any different. And I'm like, success is not what I thought it was. And basically lose all that stuff by my own hand, you know, which is a whole nother, that's, I could do a, a book on that. But, but ironically, who's there through everything, Rob, you know, Hey, what's going on? How are you? Hey, you know, meeting me for at five guys for a burger when I, when I'm, when I'm, when I moved down to the shoreline in Connecticut to, to be close to my kids after I get divorced. Hey, I like, to, I'm, I'm going to world's strongest man. Can we, can we meet up? Yeah, sure. Whatever. He's asked me questions and I'm just like, well, I don't, I, I'm like, I'm washed up, man. Like, what am I going to help you with? And it was just, it was just cool. Like he just was always that, that for me, that meant a lot. And that, and I realized at that time, like, like, what did I do for him? Like, where where was my hand in any of this? Like, why is he be, being good to me? When that was going on in the moment, did you appreciate it? Or are you now looking back at it? No, I was very appreciative. I'm not sure he remembers, cool. but I think I let him borrow a deadlift suit, which I got which <laughs> I got back like two years later. But, <laughs> but, but you know, I was like, he's coming from, uh, you were coming from Mass or Norwich at that time? So he's coming from, from Springfield all the way to Brantford to have lunch with me and grab a burger. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, man, I'd love to see you. Like, that's that's awesome, you know? I mean, but what do I have to offer in my mind? I'm like, what, you know? And he just was just wanted to talk to me about competing and just wanted to bounce stuff off, a, a, you know, a former pro. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it meant a lot. And then that's when, at that moment, I'm like, geez, like, there, there's relationships with people that I haven't really fostered, you know? I mean, you're one of them, too. I mean, not in a bad, you know? But I just, I just sometimes don't reach out and, and really, you know, appreciate people the way that, well, don't express that, you know, how I appreciate people. And, and I realized in that moment that, like, 
wow, this is, uh, you know, that, that means a lot to me. And then, you know, and then from that point on, you know, our relationship started to, gr you know, grow in more now as it was more reciprocal. Like I was able to give a little bit more back, you know, and, and, and appreciate that he was, he was there, you know, during that time period. So did he ask you to coach or did you offer to him? I think, I think you, he mentioned it that when we went at five guys and I was like, nah. Oh, so you drove all the way down to pop the question? <laughs> That's where Rob takes over. And then he said no. <laughs> so I had asked Eric, I mean, you know, my, my journey into the sport of strongman is, is not as glorious as his. Um, you know, I, it's funny, like, I actually just popped up on, like, my time hop app um, that 10 years ago, like this week is when I did my first strongman competition. Oh, cool. um, Happy yeah. anniversary. Thanks, yeah. Uh, I was 17 years old. I, you know, me, me getting into this stuff, like, you know, like I, I played sports in high school. I you know, was a football player and actually was a cheerleader as well. Um, How do you football and cheerlead at the same time? Football in the fall, cheerleader in the winter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then like my senior year, like just was going to the gym and I was at my high school gym and like a, a substitute teacher was also a CrossFit coach invited me to start training with him because I was like decently strong. Um, so I would I would actually go to the gym at like 5 a.m. before school with him to work out. Um, and I, I really sucked at CrossFit. What were you weighing at that point? I was right around 200 pounds. Oh, sure. Much lighter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, I, you know, I was decent. And you weren't good at CrossFit. No, God, no. I was still fat. Mm. Yeah, those guys are strong. <laughs> so if I caught it right, you're 27. I'm 27. Yeah. yeah. And how old are you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, 38. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I really wasn't good at CrossFit. I was decently good at like lifting heavy stuff. And I walked into the gym one day. They were like, Hey, by the way, there's um there's a strawman contest this weekend. We signed you up for it. And you never powerlifted either. Never powerlifted. I had never even touched a strongman implement before. Were you doing any of like the powerlifting exercises? Yeah, that was mainly what my training was um, because I, I, again, like I didn't want to do the CrossFit workouts. Mm -hmm. um, so they put me on like a basic like five three one strength program. Um, you know, so I was just doing like the basic like you know bench press, squat, deadlift, some overhead press, and just trying to get stronger. At two hundred pounds, how much were you pressing? Um, I wasn't strong. Okay. So I think my best like strict press was like 160. So you were not strong and they signed you up for a strongman competition. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I got my ass kicked to say the least. How many people were there? Uh, 27. And you were, so you were 200 pounds. How do the weight classes work for that? Uh, there was no weight class. It was just you against everyone. <laughs> yeah. Were there some big guys there? Uh, yep. And so, yeah. so you got your ass kicked, and then what happened? That's not uh, fair. The, no weight class, yeah, just the big guy. It was it, so okay. the con, it was like it was an un, it was like one of those like unsanctioned like backyard shows. Um, it was a fundraiser, so it was just like a fun event. Okay, and um, gotcha. So yeah, I took twenty seventh out of twenty seven. Oh, true. Wow, um, deadline. Yeah, it was great. So I was actually, you know, Joey, my husband, and I were talking about this the other day. Um, I took dead last in the first eight contests I ever did. Really? I took not a place higher than last place for when, eight shows in a row. So when you're at like the fifth straight last. Yep. In your mind, are you like, maybe it's time to switch to something else? No. So you're just like, I'm going to keep on going. Yeah, I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to take last place. Were you getting, <laughs> were you getting mad or were you getting sad at the last places? I wasn't, I mean, I was just like, I was frustrated, frustrated, you okay. know, cause I felt like I was training hard and I felt like I was doing things right, but nothing would come together at the contest. Um, and like I said, that happened eight shows in a row. And like what I pretty much said, I was like, well, all right, so what I'm going to do, like, let's just not take last place. 
That's going to be my first goal. Now, the story would be really good is if you, this is when you hired Derek, and then you just turned you around, you became one of the best in no, the world. No, no. <laughs> so like, how long was the eight? Like, over what period of time was the eight? Yeah, the time span. It was about a year. One year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so I, I competed a lot when so I So it really only started. sucked for okay. a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, I competed a lot when I was young. I mean, you know, like, so this was, like, pretty much my entire college career, like, I wasn't the typical, like, go out on the weekend and party. I was, like, going to bed at 10 o'clock on a Friday night to wake up Saturday morning to go to a gym that was 45 minutes from my school to train strongman events on right. Saturday. Well, and when you say eight in a row last places, it sounds way worse than my first year of powerlifting. I didn't yeah. do any better than last yeah. place. Anybody would be like, yeah, well, your first year at anything, you usually fucking suck. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, so then, like, my, my thing was just – and at that point, I was competing under 200 pounds. And – you know, so then I got to the point where it wasn't taking last place and then ended up winning. You know, I ended up winning a show in 2011. I was like, all right, cool. So I won. Let me try my hand at nationals. So I ended up going to national, um, you know, amateur nationals as a 200 pounder and ended up taking second place. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So I guess I can be pretty good at this. So then the next year, like I bumped up to the 231 weight class um, and took second place in the men's open in the 231. And then after that contest is actually when I hired Mike Jenkins as my coach, um, went to nationals in 2013 and still to this day have the largest margin of victory at a national championship. Just for a little side note, largest margin for lightweight, largest margin for heavyweight. Just oh, so wow. And here's another All in one room. <laughs> here's another weird, weird side note for everybody that's listening. There's so many weird things that go in with these stories. So, when he was getting coached by Mike Jenkins, I'd have to think back to the year. I actually coached his wife. So I coached both. Yes. I coached that both was, of, yeah. of the wives, actually. Yeah, actually. so um, so 2013 is when I won um, nationals and turned pro as a lightweight and competed at 231 until 2016. Um, you know, and I was, I was cutting actually from like 265 to 231. Um, got sick of doing that, just decided to get stronger. And then, you know, when I finally met up with Derek, was the about February of 2017 because I had just won a contest and qualified to compete at the Arnold South Africa as a heavyweight. Um, and that's when I was like, yeah, I have no fucking idea what I'm going to be doing competing with these dudes. So <laughs> I might as well talk to him about doing this. Um, and that's when, you know, we met up for a burger. He turned me down for coaching. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't until um, it was, yeah, it was right around this time last year where, um, I, I had a shitty, shitty year last year competing wise and, um, went to him and I was like, yeah, I need help, you know? And that's, that's kind of when, you know, this whole thing started. So let me get this right. You turned pro what year? 2013. And when did you start becoming quote unquote good? I mean, I would say not till 2017. All right. So 2017, you started making moves. Yep. That was and, my first, that was also my first year at world's strongest man. Okay. And so when you went to talk to Derek, did you think that he would say yes or were you just not sure? I wasn't sure. It was just a thought in my head, you know, like it was, um, I was essentially just coaching myself at the time mm -hmm. and was just kind of, you know, like toss it up and see what happened. Um, I was, I was decently successful at coaching myself. So I was like, all right, you know, I could keep going, but you know, if Derek would be willing to like work with me, you know, and obviously hop on that. Um, did you buy so. the cheeseburger? 
Yeah, we went to Five Guys, man. Did you buy? Did you buy his burger? No, no, I didn't. Oh, buy. see, that might have that got you the coach. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. He's like, "Well, you did drive all this way. Just bought me a cheeseburger and a milkshake. Yeah, I coach you for a month. <laughs> See how it goes." Holy shit, good. this guy's strong. Yeah. Um, so from the time that he started coaching you, what do you think? Was it just? new stuff that you weren't doing that he was able to fix with your mechanics and whatnot? Like, what do you think was the main thing? Um, you know, the thing, we, you know, the crazy thing is, is like, so like we started working together after I actually got an injured last year at a contest. I had a 275 pound Atlas stone fall on my chest, um, broke three ribs, tore a muscle in my back. Um, so it was really delightful. like, yeah, it was wonderful. Jeez, man. Um, kind of started from ground zero. And, you know, when I talked to Derek, he was like, all right, like, you know, let me look at some of your videos and see where you're at. And, you know, within about a week, he was like, yeah, I know, I know what we need to do. Um, and to this day, like the first four months of training with him was hell. Every single, like every single week. I remember like he would send me my program on like Sunday and I dreaded that text message every fucking week. <laughs> Um, I, I've never, I've never been in so much pain, but I've never, I've never worked so hard, um, for such a long period of time. You know, I mean, I, this is like, I have haunting memories of this one session that we just talked about this week where, um, you know, for those of you, you know, we'll talk a little strongman lingo right now. So we had at the end of my squat workout, he had me doing a conditioning medley with a yoke, which is, you know, crossbar with stands on it, mm -hmm. pick it up on your back and walk, um, and sandbags. So it was a 700 pound yoke and a 250-pound sandbag. I had to carry the yoke 100 feet, so it was actually 50-foot, drop it, turn it around, pick it back up, and go back, and then carry this 250-pound sandbag 100 feet. After already doing all your squats? After doing my full lower body workout. Okay. and I, So this was August, um, doing this in a not-climate-controlled gym, and so I, I, you know, I would have to do that, so I'd do the yoke walk 100 feet, sandbag 100 feet, I'd get to rest for 90 seconds, and I had to do that for four rounds. Fun. Yeah. That. Did you throw up? I didn't. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I it was like an outer body experience. <laughs> <laughs> he came out of his body and was like, What the fuck are you doing? Excuse yeah, my language. Yeah. Um I do like twenty walking lunges and I'm like, This is so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this? It's just go over to the fucking leg extension, fuck this. <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to talk about is because I, I don't really understand it yet, but I'm going to learn with you guys is, so you're a pro strongman all these years, but you didn't start competing in the world's strongest man until now. How does that work? So so with me, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. So like technically I'm not a pro anymore. So the way the pro system works in the U.S. is a little bit messed up. So like I, I, I turned pro as a lightweight, as a 231 athlete. Okay. Um, and now I no longer compete in that weight class. Um, so like through the American system, I'm no longer like recognized as a formal pro athlete, which essentially just means like I can't go to America's Strongest Man as a heavyweight and compete, um, you know, because I don't have my quote unquote pro card through that organization. Gotcha. Um, but for me, so what I did in order to like, you know, World's Strongest Man, you know, they take this year, they took 25 guys from around the world. And in order to get to that level, you have to do one of their qualifying events, um, which is called Giants Live. And um, they have one qualifier in the U.S. and the rest are in the U.K. And, um, you know, 2017, I, I got fortunate um, where, you know, I, I had a, a decent win. You know, my first it was really my first contest as a heavyweight athlete. Um, it was in New York in January of 2017. And um, I was able to win that against some seasoned veteran athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of raised some eyebrows to a lot of people. And, um, you know, qualifying for the Arnold South Africa 
um, you know, the promoters at Worlds, they kind of got a glimpse of what I was able to do. And that's when they, they actually extended me a wildcard invite for Worlds in 2017. Um you know, and that's that's pretty much how I got my foot in the door, in the door to World's Strongest Man. And then right after World's Strongest Man, two months after World's um, 2017 was the, the USA qualifier for Worlds in 2018. Um, and I actually won that contest. I, I, I beat Nick Best, who's, you know, a veteran. He's been around for years. Um, you know, I, I beat him by nine points mm-hmm. in one of my first debuts at one of their shows. Um, so that's kind of what got me on the scene and kept me there. How do you go from that into doing like the Arnold Strongman events? Um, so the Arnold. So, you know, for me, like the Arnold, um, like I said, you know, January 2017 is when I qualified for the Arnold South Africa due to the pro show there. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, once once you're once you're in with with the Arnold Pro Series, um, you can go to one of their contests, any of the international events. Um, you know, so the Arnold in Ohio, that's, that's the world championships, you know, so Aren't, I thought it was invite only. So not anymore. So it used to be when old guy next to me was competing. Um, it was invite only. How many people um, were they inviting back then? 10. Okay. And it's still only 10 athletes. Um, but now it's a qualification process. So you have to win one of the Arnold international events to get a qualifying spot for the following year. Um, or it's points accumulated through the international contests that you will get invited to the show based on your point totals. Um, so March of 2020 is going to be my first year competing at the Arnold Ohio um, since I just won the Arnold Australia back in March. And so for the Arnold Australia, you didn't have to get invited to that. You you were able to go. Yeah, I just um, yeah, for me, I, I just kind of threw my hat in the ring, said, hey, I'd love to be able to compete if, if there's a spot for me. They said yes, went out there, was able to win the contest, and got my spot for Ohio. Did you go out there confident that you could win? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the events, I mean, you know, if I, if I were to dream up a strongman contest, it would have been that show. Um, it was a two-day contest, six events, three days, three events each day. Uh, there was two overhead pressing events, um, so that made me giddy. And um, also a super heavy yoke walk. So those three events right there um, gave me gave me a nice big confidence. Boost Did going you in. know those events when you were heading out there that they were going to be those events? Yeah, yeah. So with um, with most strongman contests, they give us the events usually like between eight and twelve weeks before a contest. Um, so it gives us a decent amount of tr- time to train for those. How do they pick events. the events? Whatever equipment they have, um, it, you know. So like the the crazy thing about strongman, as I'm sure Derek, you know, can say the same is, you know, I've done this sport for ten years. I've never done a contest with the same events. How many events are there? Like if 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 they were to write Countless. a book, how many events are there? Countless, because there's variations on every okay. single event. You know, when you look at like an overhead press, we have logs, axles, dumbbells, barbells, blocks, sandbags, kegs. So there's seven implements right there. Then you could do it for a max. You could do a medley with a bunch of different implements for time. You could do max reps in a minute. I mean, there there's so many options with each different event, and that's just the press. You know, then you look. I at, didn't know there was so many different variations like that. That's not. Yeah. And so when you're training, I guess you figure out the events. You know, like you said, eight, ten, twelve weeks out, and then you just switch your training training around for those events. Yes and no. I mean, you know, the way the way Derek has kind of worked with me. Um, you know, we. We hit events, you know, pretty much every week. Um, and, you know, the big thing that he's been working on is just like everything I suck at. Um, what do you suck at out of curiosity? My two worst events are truck pulls and keg tosses. Truck pulls and keg tosses. Yeah. Why do you think that you are weaker in those events? Um, you know, just like 
talking about the truck pull, like anatomically, I'm just at a disadvantage, you know, being one of the smaller guys. So I have less mass behind me to pull the truck. Um, also, I just I'm a mental case when it comes to that event. Um, and then with keg toss, you know, something that's always been a weakness, weakness of mine is like my glutes and like, you know, so like my lockout on my deadlift is weak compared to my pull off the floor. So that doesn't help when, you know, going into a throwing event. When you guys are, are training to, to throw kegs, are you doing specific exercises in the gym or are you actually just throwing kegs? No, throw kegs. Where do you throw kegs? Outside. I hope we can do some of this stuff tomorrow, actually. That, that, <laughs> do you know if they'll have a, a keg around tomorrow? I'm sure we can. Yeah, do the girls can. throw kegs too? Yeah. Huh. I'm interested in, in watching all, all this stuff. Cause like, we can get you to throw a keg. <laughs> my arms will fall off. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll throw an empty keg. If, if, I was going to say, if it's empty, I might have a, I might stand a chance. <laughs> um, so probably just come down and hit me in the head. I have, there's so many other questions that I have now that it'll, this will go for a million hours. Cause I didn't know that there was all these variations. So when you're training, are you, are you doing, log presses, the one-arm dumbbell presses, these things all the time? Uh, for the most part. I mean, you know, like, you know, fortunately, like with event, you know, luckily like, I've been in the sport for a long time, so I don't need to practice the events as often. You know, like if I if I see that there's a log press, it's like, all right, I'm not going to forget how to log press because I've been doing this sport for 10 years. Same thing with the giant dumbbells. Like, okay, mm -hmm. like if I get a couple of good sessions in with a dumbbell, I'm not going to lose my technique. I kind of know what I have to do with each event. Um, you know, so... A lot of my training is just basic barbell lifts. So it's a lot of like overhead pressing, benching, squatting, deadlifting. Are you doing um, uh, seated and standing pressing? Yeah. What, uh, what, just out of curiosity for our, our listeners that are, that are the bodybuilding people out there, what kind of seated military presses are like, what kind of weights are you using? You're using a barbell? Yeah, barbell usually. Um, you know, like in the past, you know, a lot of my rep range, you know, like a lot of the stuff that Derek has me do is, you know, like four sets and like that six to eight rep range. Um, you know, my top set is usually mid to low 300s. Oh, strong. And now, do you ever do behind the neck presses? Nope. Nope. I can you? barely get my hands behind my head to back squat, so. <laughs> you know, there was a period of time where there was a, the, the, I say risk, the risk of a, a, some sort of behind the neck, weird, goofy lift and straw man. We, we had seen some of that stuff in the early 2000s. So I, I was actually training behind the neck push jerks, which mm -hmm. are actually, you know, dangerous, but they're easy. You could, I can hit close to 500 pounds with behind that push jerk. Um, and, you know, one, one of the interesting things that, that you know, Rob was sort of, alluding to, and, and you, you asked a question about, about training, um, there's probably, you know, 50 different events, you know, between di pressing uh, different ob objects, whatnot, and pulling and deadlifting, but you break them down to your, your, you know, a press is a press. There's different presses, but a press is a press. The mechanics of a press are very similar. Shoulders, triceps, overhead, that's it, right? You just, it's how it gets there. You know, some involve a lot of core. A block requires a huge amount of, of hip, actually, strength, believe it or not, your, your hip flexor and your abs because you're bent, you're, you're bent over so much. Then you have a log. A log for me, I'm bent, I'm bent you know, over quite a bit. Rob isn't. He's, he stands pretty, pretty upright, which is why his log press is insane. So, you know, we break down. When, when you talk about programming, and, and this is a cool part, is if Rob, Rob tr programs for other guys, he coaches other guys, that's the interesting thing, though. Mechanics car is always broken, right? You know, and Rob, you know, has got a, has degrees in this stuff. You know, he was a, a, a director of sports medicine up at uh, um, a school in Massachusetts. So, 
you know, he's a, a highly intelligent guy that knows a huge amount about the human body. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I, I kept saying no initially. Even even after he asked me when he came down to Connecticut and, and you know, he wanted to get together and he came to Dana and his eyes house, I actually said no again. I think it was a third time. And I told Dana and she was like, why? I'm like, what am I, what, you know, besides all the insecurity and stuff, but like the guy's a smart guy. Like I'm a knuckle dragger, man. Like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a grinder. Like, you know, and you know, she said something that was probably a lot smarter at the time. And then I, I, I probably realized, and I realize now is, you know, but you do have a lot to offer. You have to offer what, what, what you're good at. I was like, oh shit, I'm good at suffering. So we'll make, we'll make Rob <laughs> suffer, you know, but what, 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 what I, what, the goal, though, because it's 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 a collaboration, you know. The goal is, you know, we break down the you know the, the different movements, you know, because it, it, it's it's actually fairly simple. You look like how do I train for? You can't because we're he didn't have the events for worlds till a couple weeks ago, you know. So how do you? you so we we know there's, there's gonna be an overhead. You know there's gonna be stones, right? Uh, you know there's gonna be some sort of medley. More than likely, it's gonna be some sort of yoke probably farmers so you break them down into the yoke farmers frame whatever a carrying movement right carrying a huge amount of weight that's not front carry so a yoke on the back farmers it's the same movement essentially so we break them down into that uh stones natural stones atlas stones shoulder to a box the same you know and and an overhead press again they're they're, they're similar right and we look at okay where's rob's strengths and where's his weaknesses Huge overhead presser, weak lockout because he's a fast overhead presser, so we work on lockout. So we gear the training towards lockout, right? So he does chest. A lot of strongmen don't do chest, but we bench and we do boards, right? So the idea was pressing from that tricep deficient movement, you know, the shortened movement where the chest can't work and you're pressing from, it's not a deficit per se, but you're pressing from a weak spot, weak start, you know? And then overhead, it would be modified movement, you know? So a strict press for Rob, even though three, mid 300 sounds like a good number, you know, for a guy that presses nearly 500 on a, or push jerks or push presses on, uh, nearly 500 pounds a lot, it's not a lot, you know. So we work on increasing that. You know, at my at my peak, I was doing exceeded military press with over 400, you know, and but that was a difference. You know, he's a technique freak. I wasn't. I was a grinder. So the idea is to influence him in that way to make him more that type of lifter. But he's also bodies built differently too. So we have to look at that, and that's where again. You know, he's got a huge deadlift and a very strong posterior chain, but his glutes are weaker and, and, and somewhat lazy, you know. So everything we do, so the point of doing squats before yoke and a carry is you get the glutes working, mm-hmm. right? And they get fatigue because their work capacity is, 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 why are they lazy? They're lazy because they're lazy. They're, they're, they're weak. They're tired. They don't like to fire. So they're forced to fire in the squat right? Because they have no choice, but they can still do what they always do, which is be lazy. Then you do a yoke, they have to work in there. They just have to. And then you do a front carry, they have to work, you know? So they're pre-fatigued and now they're saying, now you're kicking them while they're down and there's no choice but to adapt. And that's, that's kind of the philosophy is break it down into the deficiencies and into the movements and then just program that way. But it sounds like it's hard. It's actually not. That no, makes complete yeah. sense. You look at, okay, Rob needs, a, you know, we worked on his overhead, his overhead lockout. That's it, lockout. Everything else was fantastic. His log press necessarily didn't, didn't increase. His work capacity increased. Did 350-pound log for nine the other day. Wow. 
Now, which is insane. That's more than I ever could do, you know, because he was able to rely on that technique all the way till the end, you know, and he, and he nearly strict pressed the first few because energy output, you know, we, and that's the other part that that's what I, that's what was awesome about coaching him in person at an event, like an actual manager, like managing how he's going to put forth his effort. And we say, listen, let's, you know, let's try and, you know, we know you can do a bunch of these, the first few expel as little energy as possible, expend as little energy as possible. So a strict press requires very little effort. Like imagine doing a you know strict press with a 135 pound barbell and then doing a push jerk. The push jerk is easier on the shoulders but requires more energies, right? Mm -hmm. More energy because you're using the whole body. So when people are like, oh well, you know Thor's strict pressing is long. Well, he weighs over 400 pounds. That's yeah. that, that's easy for him. That's actually the most efficient way for him to press because mm -hmm. his shoulders are going to fail far beyond Rob's because you know Rob doesn't have you know a, a, a 30 pound hunk of delt you know on each on each shoulder you know. So we 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 looked at it that way, and then from there it's it's nothing that he doesn't know. It's just it's just the you know when 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 you're collaborating with somebody. You know, it's it's your co-signing on and, and a lot, bullshit sometimes. Sometimes we're just completely off. Mm -hmm. It just you just go in with confidence. You know that that's it. You know you have a game plan. It might be bullshit, but it's just going in with game like this is this is what we're gonna do. And the truck pull, he, he struggled with the truck pull this year. His truck pull was spot on by the way we trained it. The problem is you have eight monster truck tires that that just require a huge amount of force, and the whole time he actually has to put force into this the taller bigger guys lean into it he can't lean he, you yeah. know he's, he's he's a 50 pound deficit but also where rob carries his weight isn't he's not a big barrel chested six foot six guy you know he carries a lot of weight in it from from the bottom of his chest to, to the top of his knees he's got strong powerful hips right that truck pull that that's it's too far down the lever you know i mean we could try to sneak in a weighted vest that would help mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but they they check for that or because we would have we would have done it you know so he's got it the whole time. If you when you get to see World's Strongest Man, which will start airing uh, June 30th, head down, reaching out, perfect technique. But he's got to expend energy the whole time. He's purple towards the end. Yeah. The other guys with with flawed technique are just leaning into it, you know. And it, it's not a huge amount of weight. He's 280. Some of the guys that beat him are 320, 330. But it's where where the weight is. It's, yeah. I mean, it's the end of a lever, you know. And yeah. that's but it's it, but it's also you know when when that when he when he's like, oh man, that's. Rob, it was flawless. And we're not going to talk about it. We'll discuss it later. But you did you did what you can do. There's no and you know, looking back, you know, there's some things we probably could have changed. We'll figure that out in the future. You know, maybe he could have tried staying upright a little bit more and leaning into it instead of muscularly driving through it the whole time. It looked cool. He got that thing going fast quickly. <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> I mean, he he pulled that thing like a pit bull, you know. But then halfway through, because he's he's literally driving through it the entire time. And then halfway through, you just hit muscle failure, you know, where the other guys are they're driving their chest, head up, terrible technique. But then once they get halfway through, now they're, they're driving because that's, that's all they can do because it's just, it's just getting too much. So that's, that's um, you know, when he, talks, when he talks about the events, it seems like it's chaos. And I don't want people to think like, oh, well, I can't train. It sounds like I, everyone's got to hire a Derek Pound. <laughs> oh, my God, no. No, you just break it down. You video yourself. You figure out, ask guys, hey, where, what do I suck at? What do you get beat at? Okay, where am I weak? Why am I getting beat? You break it down, and then you, you, you have your gym training, your strongman training. Mimic that the best you can. Is part of the plan gaining weight? Uh, yeah, I'll let you <laughs> You know, we, we had talked about that a little bit. Um, when, when we first worked together, Derek was like, yeah, you know, let's get you up around like that 295 mark. And, um, you know, last year at Worlds, 
I went in at like 297 and I was just gross. It was a sloppy 297 and yeah, I paid for it. You know, I performed horribly and, um, you know, we kind of had the mentality to try to gain weight, gain weight and everything like that. And then throughout the training, I was, I was just maintaining, um, you know, from, from when we started to where we are now, like I'm about, I'm down about 6% body fat. Um, my, my body weight has stayed the same in like the mid to low two eighties. Um, so it seems like this is kind of like a sweet spot for us right now. And, you know, I think Derek's, you know, goal over the, you know, the next couple of years is just increase muscle mass and just slowly gain weight and not, you know, don't jump on anything too soon. Cause what we're doing now seems to be working. You know, I went from rank 27th in the world last year to 13th this year. Hey, going in this year, I know you told me that you wanted to try to crack into the top 10 and you finished 13th. Just run us through the weekend events of how everything went, you know, from start to finish. Yeah. You know, um, so the first event was a truck pull and Derek kind of, you know, broke that down already. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I trained my ass off for that event, you know, leading into worlds and um, it was hard. You know, I, I was about five inches shorter than the next shortest guy in my group. Um, you know, so I ended up taking last place in the first event, which was, you know, a bummer to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next event on that day was, um, was a medley. You know, we talked about it briefly. It was, you know, so it was farmer's walk. It was 330 pounds each hand for about 35 feet. Drop that. And then you have to jump underneath a yoke, which was 1150 pounds for 15 feet. Drop that. And then you get under a yoke. That's 1300 pounds for nine feet. Um, you know, 1350. Yeah. So, um, I was actually going head to head against Thor, the mountain in that group. Um, and that, that was, you know, kind of like the fire that I needed to, uh, you know, cause you know, the way that, you know, they, they try to do points based on previous event. Um, but they, you also have to realize it's a TV show. So they want, they want it to look good on TV. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm known for my yoke walk, you know, I've only lost that event one time in my career. So they put me up against him and, you know, I won that event, which was great. So, you know, to go from, you know, losing the first event to taking the first and the second event on the first day gave me some confidence going into day two. Um, day two, we had a deadlift, which was um, a front handle. It was actually two um, two buggies, like two, um, you know, just uh, like sand dune buggies. There was Gravedigger and Max D. Um, the monster truck. Yeah. So um, so it was a two. De- it was about 810 pounds at the top. Eight, no, so it was, top eight, 10, yeah, so it was, you know, 836 at the bottom and 810 at the top for the pull. Um, and deadlift, deadlift is a decently good event for me. Knowing that Thor was in my group, um, I was going to be happy with second place in that. You know, the guy pulls over a thousand pounds. So I pulled six reps there. Um, you know, Thor beat me by one rep and took seven because he was going after me. And um, then we had the log press. So going into the log press, um, the way Worlds was set up this year was after the first four events of the qualifiers, first place automatically went through the finals second and third then had to go the next day head to head in an atlas stone back and forth until somebody quit so um going into the log press thor had a two-point lead and me and this other guy luke stoltman were tied for second so everything was kind of up for grabs because thor actually had gotten injured at the contest and um, so we really didn't know what was going to happen. So me what injury did he have? So he uh, ruptured his plantar fascia. And he still went through with it the whole time? Still went through, yeah. So um, so Luke was in the group before me, and then I was actually head-to-head against Thor again. So Luke goes, and he's actually a great log presser when it comes for reps, and he hits nine reps. Um, and how much weight was it? It was 341 pounds. Jesus. So 341 for nine. Clean, clean and press each rep, too. Okay. 
So um, so we had a 75-second time limit. So what they ended up doing is they were taking split times on, you know, when, you know, to essentially break the tie so there wouldn't be a tie in the event. So he hit nine reps in a minute and seven seconds. So for me, what I needed to happen was I needed for Luke to be in between me and Thor on points in the log press, and I would have advanced to the finals. So there was a game. It was a numbers game going on at the same time. So so I'm going head-to-head against Thor. And I came out, you know, guns blazing. I ended up hitting nine reps in a minute and one second. Thor hit it in a minute and five. So I missed winning my group by two seconds, Damn. essentially. Um, the freaking mountain. Yeah. yeah. He's a bastard. Uh, so At least it was him, though. Are you, Anybody I mean, else that you would have lost and, that same amount know, of time, you'd be like, PG, oh. You know, he says he's 13th, but here's the irony is, you know, I told him this, this from, you know, from day one, you know, there, there was very, I, I knew the biggest battle because the way that world's strongest man, they, they take like the top five guys from, you know, based on the last year's performance, they kind of corroborate it based on their current performances and current strongman competition around the world and, and kind of rumors. And they put each top guy as a leader of their group. Yeah. And then they take generally six through 10th, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes sure you don't have three of the top five in the same, in the same group. group. Yeah. Makes but Rob's sense. in this weird predicament because he's improving, you know, so much, but he's in the group with, and, and everyone in his group, well, three guys in his group were, were, or also much improved. And then you have Thor in there. So you have, uh, what is it? Gord's, I can't, Gordzillic, Gordzillic, uh, uh, from Germany. Who's a, who's a freak. You know, then you have uh, uh, Luke Stoltman, who also freaking he's, he's he never qualifies, and he, but he's one of those guys who's been around the block, you know, and, and he came in very prepared. And then you have Rob here, so you you have essentially three guys all that all very easily another group not very easily, but 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 could very they, they could very well be the number two guy in every other group, you know. So so thirteenth. I would say that if he got to the final, I'm very confident he would have been top five because those events are great for him. And the funny thing about Rob is we weren't preparing. The whole idea wasn't preparing to qualify for finals. The whole idea was going out there and seeing what he can do and try to win World's Strongest Man. Now, that sounds crazy. I'm very confident because what we saw, Brian Shaw took fifth, you know. I'm very confident that what we that with what we saw – that Rob was just hitting stride. I mean, this is a, does he looks like a guy that just competed for a week? No. No, he said he's not even sore. That's the point. <laughs> that's the point, though. Is is the preparation was based on the idea that he was gonna qualify. We I always believe that he stood a very high probability of qualifying. So it was keeping him prepared. Lots of work. Like a lot of the stuff we did, you know, based on my experience and, and your your experience coaching, you know that, you know, if I do an eccentric eccentric movement like a like a bicep curl, right? That's that that's that's a quantifiable rep, right? But now if I'm pulling a truck, there is no eccentric, yep. right? Yeah. That's what people forget. So a lot of the movements we were doing were one-way movements that, that don't really be they're, they're exhausting. Pulling a truck is exhausting. Doesn't really require the recovery that that you would think. Like the outlay of energy is very, very high. But doesn't have the eccentric movement, right? So yoke walk, same thing. So we, I would put a lot of this stuff in there, knowing that it was increasing work capacity with, without putting them in, in a deficit, recovery deficit. And that's the idea, is and that's what you know, like Rob was responding very well to that sort of stuff because no one wants to do that. No one wants to do stone roll ups, you know, after their their lower body work, you know, where you grab a stone, you know, because it, it, it sucked. Well, that's actually you said that's, that's both sides, but you know, no one wants to do, you know yoke walk after doing their lower body or you know or keg carries or whatnot and and the idea was that he go into worlds you know and and and, and I, you know 
I'm an outside, I know I'm not, I'm biased, but I'm not biased. You know, like, you know, I honestly believe that he was a top five contender, you know, all, all, you know, the last couple months. And I really strongly to this day feel, and I know it's not disparaging against, against those guys. They're big guys. They require a lot of recovery. Not him. You know, that the idea was he was going to come out there and be a giant killer. And we saw another guy, uh, Novikov, who who also is not he, – he placed 11th or 12th. 12th. He's also a top five guy. There's no, no question about it. They both have very similar traits. One guy looks like an axe murderer, and then you have Rob Kearney that everyone loves. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, though, they're both very similar. Their, their recovery ability is what was, what was paramount. And, and World's Strongest Man, it's, it's, it's not – if you go out just to win – the qualifying and you see that year and you're out and then they peter in the final the idea was to go out and train so the recovery would be that he can go and compete three days in a row and usually at two days off you go right into the final you know the idea even if it came down to stones he could compete for four days and then do an, an eighth an eight hour day on day five and it, and that's where it gets the mind fuck of the other guys, part of my language, because you see a guy and you're like, what in the hell? And that was my big thing, like Fortissimus and some of the other wins I had. I just would never get tired because if you know anything about me, I'm like, you know, I'm like borderline manic. I'm just Relentless, go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it, it plays with people's heads, you know, when, when you see like, where's the chink in the armor? Where's this guy going to get tired? Where, you know, he's not the strongest guy, but he's going to outlast me or like, this is a weak event or he, you know, no signs of getting tired, no limping, no, like, Oh, I'm tired, you know, no, nothing. And that, that's like when you're, that's Muhammad Ali, right? Like at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, right. So, so going to the Arnold in Ohio, that'll be your first one. Yeah. What kind of uh goal do we have for that one? Um, You know, for me, it's, it's, that's, you know, just competing there is like, you know, a dream come true. You know, like now I've, you know, can say I've done the two biggest shows in the world for Strongman. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to say. You know, I think um, I think that contest is a little different because that's a two day contest. Yep. It's also the heaviest contest in the world. Okay. You know, so that that plays a lot of it into it as well. And, um, you know, I have I have a busy year of competitions. You know, as I mentioned, I'm competing mm -hmm. in three weeks already. Um, but when it comes to the Arnold, you know, I think um, I think, you know, top five this year isn't out of the question there. Awesome. Um, you know, with with when you see like what they've been doing for events and, you know, how the contest has been formatted. Yeah, you know, I think it, it plays to my hand a little bit. That's cool. What places get money at the Arnold? All of them. All of them. Yeah. So there's 10 places, 10 places. I got to match the money, by the way, guys. So the better he does, the worse it is for me in the end. But we still want him to we still want him to do as good as he, he possibly can. Uh, that's funny. Um, so what is the first place prize for the Arnold? Uh, I believe it's 85k. Damn. Jeez. Yeah. And what is 10th place? 1000. Mm. <laughs> so and and like when you go to the world's strongest man like all these events there's prize money at all of them? Yeah, yeah, there's prize money at every contest we go to. Is the Arnold cuz I know Arnold he's always played the paid the bodybuilders really really well. Is that one of the biggest paydays? It's the biggest. It is the biggest. Yeah. So he's he he was paying the, the bodybuilders. He matched the Olympia years ago, and and he had said that he wanted to, to give more, but they wouldn't go more than the Olympia. They, I guess they viewed it as disrespectful to Joe Weider. Yeah, you know, um, you know, the cool thing, especially like with Arnold, is you know, like winning his contest down in Australia. You know, I was able to actually meet him, and he actually 
celebrated mine and Joey's wedding with us after we, we we actually got married in Australia the day after I won the contest. How awesome of a story is that? That's much better yeah. than most of our uh, that is most epic. of our wedding stories <laughs> out there in the world. Yeah, he uh, he treated Hung us out with Arnold after he got married. That's yeah, he treated awesome. us to a to a yacht tour on a fifty million dollar yacht, then took us out to dinner after that. So. That's such wow. a cool story. Yeah, it was pretty pretty badass to <laughs> say the least. Arnold's the best. So um, but you, you know like. He loves strongman, yeah, and like he makes it a point to always come to the events. Um, and that was kind of a cool thing too, is you know it, the event that he happened to come to when I was competing in Australia, I won, um, which was pretty cool to win an event, you know, in front of Arnold, um, you know, and then you know kind of have a relationship with him after that. That's so cool. That's yeah. Probably would have been best to save that story for the very end because I think we have like nothing's gonna top. Yeah, that. we don't have anything that's gonna top. <laughs> that. but we well, do. We do. Uh, we do. I wanted to. There was like one like one good question. Actually, I have another question that I that I want to ask too because, you know, like to most bodybuilders, Arnold is like our icon. That's like most guys when they're like, oh, like who did you want to be like in bodybuilding? You know, there's people love Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, these guys, but everybody always mentions Arnold. So as far as like the strongman competitors go, like over the years. Do you guys have one guy that was just like so iconic to both of you? You know, I think like when you're looking at like U.S. strongman, you know, I mean, Bill Kazmaier is like the first name yeah. that comes mm -hmm. to mind and everybody knows. And like, you know, for me, not trying to be corny, like Derek was like the guy that I looked up to yeah, like when, awesome. I, when I started, you know, like I was when I was 17, you know, and starting a sport, that's when he was at the peak. You know, watching, you know, Worlds in 2008 and stuff like that. That's when I was like just starting to scratch the surface of lifting. Um you know, and then I found out he was from Connecticut. I was like, oh, shit. Well, only, you know, I grew up in Norwich, you know, so he was only an hour and a half from me. So, you know, here I am, a 17-year-old kid in high school driving on a Saturday from Norwich to Waterbury, stealing my mom's car so she couldn't go anywhere for the day um, just so I could, <laughs> you know, you know, train a little bit and, you know, mainly just be in that atmosphere of watching him get ready for these big shows. That's awesome. Yeah. What did you guys think of uh, Marius Pujanowski? I never met him. He was on TV. He was like n n nuts to watch as as a kid. Like I was curious of like what the other competitors. How do you guys feel about him? And then didn't he go and like turn into like a, a fighter? Like an MMA yeah, he fighter? still fights. He still boxes. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Or just um, does MMA? I um, you know, you were mentioning like the you know the guys that we looked up to. He's actually one of the guys when I when I was watching when I was a kid. It was it was Marius. You know, in the early early two thousands. You know, and that was the the era where I, where I was actively trying to get in. You know, and that's when I was powerlifting. And I just was blown away, you know, because here's a guy that was my size, essentially. You know, he was six foot tall. I was six one. He yeah. competed at like 280, 290. At the time, I was between 260 and 290, you know, like I'd, fl I'd fluctuate a little bit. Or I, I went from 260 up to about 290. And by the time I was um, 20, I was, you know, over 300. So, you know, the idea, so I, I, he was one one of the guys I looked up to. Kaz, of course, because they show those their, their old reruns. They're like, this guy's a freaking psychopath, you know? <laughs> Still's a little goofy, but you know, it, it, it's just I love the intensity. And then uh, Jesse Morandi, who yeah. unfortunately passed, he, because he was like the you know quintessential like just outgoing. Um, mm. Like I met, I competed against him um, in South Carolina, and it was like this guy's like you you just couldn't help but love the dude. Like he just was so insanely outgoing. You watch people on TV, you're like, yeah, yeah, the guy's got you know he's cool, you know, or whatever. And um, but when you hung around him, you just you, I've seen people like try to not like him, and he just couldn't. He just was like that type of guy, cool. you know, kind of like Rob. Yeah. You, know, you just you just cannot help but like him, you know. And um, yeah, so it, it, it that as far as like you know the guys coming up, those are those are the guys that I, I watched, you know. So what is our? We wanted to save something not so serious for the end. One of the the, the submitted questions. 
So, <clears throat> question for everyone. How many fourth graders do you think you could take out before you get overwhelmed and lose? Scenario is they come in waves, increasing by five each round, male fourth graders only, age 10. <laughs> so, they're coming how many at a time? They come in waves. Each wave increases by five. Oh, so he starts with five, but then ten comes. Yeah, after oh. you after you beat the first five, will, the next I mean, round I'm is gonna, ten. They're fourth graders. Yep. I'll wreck a bunch of fourth graders. So, Male fourth I mean, graders, age ten. But once there's just so many of them, right? How many rounds do you think you can? How many do you think you can take out before you get overwhelmed and lose? <laughs> I have to put a lot of thought into that because I'm trying to think of how big is the fourth grader. You got to figure how long it would take you to take out the first five. The first five are going down easy. It's it's the it's the it's next the, ten. There's a lot of them. Yeah, man. You're gonna gas out. See these guys. I'm are... just I'm just going back to like football training. I'm thinking high knees. I'm just yeah. going straight <laughs> knee to the chin this entire time. Do they have any weapons? Nah, nah. It's 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 kids. bare knuckles, bare knuckles. Nah, nothing. All right. Nah. Can you give How about I, this? This is the question that we got last week. I think is is this is a, a question that I might ask on every podcast now. Would you rather? <laughs> how is it? How is it phrased? Um, it's a question from last week. Would you podcast. rather have to fight a thousand duck-sized horses, or would you rather have to fight one horse-sized duck? <laughs> um, I'm going with the thousand. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. There's no way yeah. I'm fighting a duck that's as big as a horse. No, I don't that's want any scary part of as that. hell. Scary that's as hell. Yeah. So I'll scary. wreck a bunch of the little ones. Yeah, um, but there's no way. Like, although when you think like a tiny like duck-sized horse would be really cute and hard to, <laughs> and a thousand of them like that's so that's waves of duck-sized horses. It's a lot, but they're also probably adorable at <laughs> yeah. the same time. Yeah. So that's they're like my little bodies, but they move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like, I'm just thinking, like, you know, you walk through the, the park one day with your dog or something. You know, you're around the lake. You see a couple of regular-sized ducks. You come around the corner. There's a horse-sized duck. You're running. You're running. No, I'm going right for the horse-sized duck. <laughs> I'm going to fuck up that horse-sized duck. That fits with his mindset. <laughs> Imagine Tom. how big his claws would be. He's going to grind it out and go against that, gi that giant bill. I don't want to be a part I'm gonna, of that. I'm going to drop a giant elbow on it, and I'm going to pile drive it. I want <laughs> nothing to do with that giant horse-sized no, duck I bill. I nightmares from that thing. I got and chased I, by an ostrich at Great Dementia once. I would, I would tell myself the duck is trying to, like, murder me and my family. <laughs> I would like make up this whole dialogue in my head. Yeah, you got backstory only you know. Uh, yeah. no, the duck doesn't even know. It's like why does this guy hate me so much? He's so big. For a while, I would walk away and be like, "Take that duck!" Everyone's yeah. like, "What was that about?" Stupid duck. You didn't hear what he said about my mom. Yeah, it's been going on for way too long, duck. Oh man, I mean, you guys gave us a lot of education today. Yeah, no, I, I get some some. I have to learn a lot more about strongman lifting heavy things. No, it's just. I didn't know that there were so many different variations. So, like, the events are different all the time, which is, I guess, the versatility is the is the key to being a really good strongman. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, like, that's I think that's the point. You know, like, like, like the, I, you know, like I wish I was good at something else. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, strongman, like, really? That's like the thing, that's like the thing that like we all have gifts. I'm like, really. You know, like, you know, like there's, if you believe in God or like they're, they're like, he's handing out or she or Buddha, whatever, you know, or, you know, nature, they're handing out this, like these cards of things you're gonna be awesome at, you know, <laughs> you have this like, one thing like, you're better at, you know, like, you know, like, you know, uh, great voice and podcast. Here we go. You know, business owner, you know, you know, coach, here we go. Um, you know, great hair. Here we go. Straw man, you know, whatever, you know, and, uh, 
Like that's, that's the card you get. That's a card I get, you know, like I, you know, and I've said that before, like, it's just like weird. Like I didn't choose a sport, you know, it's just like, I just did it and was well, and I did well. And it was like, you know, damn, like, like I want to try out to like the XFL back when that was going around, you know, like I, like I, you know, there's a million things that like, even like recently, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I could still run. I'm going to do like luge. I, I want to try out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Like, like I want to try out for the Olympic luge team because I'm heavy. You got to be heavy, you know, for the back, the guy in the back. And I can run fast as hell. Like I'm actually a pretty good sprinter, you know, until I tear my hamstring, but which happened recently. But, you know, like I, I always try, like I wanted to set the world record for like the, the, the beer holding contest. Like I, like I, I'm a, there's a world record for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I want to bring, <laughs> I actually trained for it back in like 2015 for like, you know, four hours. How long did you hold it for? I don't know. Like it was like 45 seconds and the world record at the time was like just over a minute. I was like, I can break this like holding a, a 16 ounce beer, whatever the hell it was. Huh. It's, it's so many interesting records out there, but you know, and that's the weird thing is like I love the sport, I mean, you know. All kidding aside, but it, it's it's the point of it is not being good at strongman. That's the point. The point is being insanely strong. And the point is is like there's a lot of big guys and and the original world strongest man. And he kind of some years it goes into it, and some years it doesn't. The Arnold's pretty good at it. Is is it? We don't want to benefit. You know, you got to be heavy, so you got to be close to 300 pounds or more. But we, we need it. We need being tall to be as much as a hindrance as as being a benefit, you know. And the idea is, it's modern day gladiators. It's kind of like like footballs. Yeah. Right? I agree. But the idea is, you know, you think about like the history, and not, not to get all like philosophical, but you think about like the history of of like humankind. You think about like, you know. Um, the original like Native Americans, you know, from from you know northern United States and then to Canada, you know, like the Inukshuks, right? They carry these big stones. That was like the test of strength. You think about like you know the Highland Games of the Scottish clansmen. You know, you think about like in Africa. You think about you know in in Eastern Europe. You think about all these these challenges that mankind have had for. That was it. It wasn't a game of foot like football or you know the guy that got the most chicks. Sorry. Guys. Yeah. But you know, the guys that got got that got laid the most and got the most wine and got and and was the guy that was the alpha male. Yeah. Like the, and it wasn't the guy that was the tallest or the or, or the shortest and the fat. It, it was the guy that, you know, could that was the most feared. It was the guy that can, you know, t- accept these challenges and the guy that was the most versatile. And that's what I think Strawman's about. The idea isn't to be able to train for it and be good. You know, the idea is that you, you gotta in you, you know, and, and that's you know, Rob can train for but that's the cool part is he's got these these insane levels of strength that are just off the charts. And that's the point, you know, like the point is being able to perform these with very little notice, you know, be able to perform these acts of strength and and, you know, throw in kegs, eh, you know, but I like the carrying events. So you, and ironically, and the pushing weird shit overhead, that's where that's where me and Rob both just have a natural gift. You know, like our pressing technique, if you go Google it, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. But it's, they're both equally fun to watch, you know. We're both insanely good at yoke, you know, uh, yokes and, and, and farmers. And maybe one, someday we'll have like a little funny race or something <laughs> so I can beat him. But, <laughs> you know, but but the idea, but that's the stuff that I think is is like that's the, the stuff that goes past. It's in us because it's this, you know, it's it's where we all came from. You know, like every clan, every, every group, every, you know, throughout history has had a way of separating the men from the boys, a way of finding out who you're sending the battle. So ultimately, guys like me and Rob would get killed. But, you know, the idea was, <laughs> but, but we were we were the ones, the protectors. And it, so it's kind of goofy or whatever. But it's that's the point, I think, you know, the sport is 
isn't about being able to train and dissect. It's just, it's, it's an outlay of strength and energy that, that is, is there's no way to describe it other than say a sport of strongman. And it sounds, you know, maybe that, that sounds a little too corny, but it's just, it's a neat sort of skill set. I think that sounds actually. It would be like your role in society if we hadn't progressed to the point where we are with technology and things, you would be out doing the gladiator shit because that's like you said, it's just in you. It's yeah, just, it's, it's, it's who in the clan is born with that. Gift. Yeah, I mean, we've been civilized for a very small period of time. When you look at, you know, when you look at, you know, our, our time on this earth, and you know, again, it's you know, maybe this is a little too deep for some of your listeners, and maybe it's it's not deep enough. But you know, the idea is the sport is just it's growing and it's changing. But for as much as it grows and changes, it stays the same, you know, and, and it always goes back to its roots, you know, and, and and those roots are just you know brutal lifting, you know, brutal tests of strength and, and insurmountable suffering, you know, like that's, and that's the sport. Like if I had to sum it up, that's what's so cool about it. And if you watch it and you like it, that's why you like it. If you watch it and don't like it, that's why you don't like it. Yeah. You know, it's the same reason, you know? So, that's cool. yep. Well, I got to say, thank you guys for coming on the show with us. It's been an, an honor to sit at the same table with you guys and talk about these things. Um, I feel like there's enough strength on that side of the room to just lift the entire building with all of us in it. Yeah, it's hot so. in this room with all this, this mass. All, all a this, lot of man heat. All this cultivated mass. Man heat. So uh, I guess, you know, without any further ado, we'll end this like we always do with a peace out bye.